Welcome to season two, episode 14, with your host, Mr. Peanut. That's me. And the polar bear, of course. And that's him. That's me, baby. And again, I'll ask, how are we doing? <laughs> doing all right, you know, repping Cathedral today. You'll know why a little bit later, but yes. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, state champion, Cathedral. Catholic. That's true. That's true. Let's it's make sure to give that a shout out. And many other sports. And a quick shout out to John Montali, who we will get him on the show. Uh, he's, been duck- he's been ducking us for a while. And he's busy uh, man. look, I'm going to reel you in, kid. I'm right here with it. Hoop, hoop, hoop. <laughs> <laughs> but look, uh, you know, a little hiatus here, but we're a month into the baseball season. We're Padres Cats. Covered it thoroughly last year. The highs, the lows the real lows, and straight depression. Covered it all. That's right. This year, we're a month into the season, and my question to you, is it okay to be excited officially about this team? I would say not yet. Um, personally, I, <laughs> I, you know, let me just get right into it because I, I jotted down some notes because I did see our agenda today. Um, oh, that's good. You know, you know, big thing that I saw in the first month was team started slow. We personally, I think we started slow, uh, but we bounced back from that. I think we're trying to, you know, new coach. I think we're trying to learn how he runs the games as well. Uh, When you say we started slow, expand on that. What do you mean we started slow? I think, uh, you know, just based off of the hype of last year, personally, in my mind, I think we've started a little bit slower than last year. I don't know. I I think my ass is thinking so highly of last season and the high that I was running on. I I was expecting us to just start the season off, you know, run the gamut. And I guess that kind of personally, that kind of fell into this season as well, even though. You know, a lot of things happened in the off season. We started late, you know, things like that. Um, and I guess for me, just starting slow, just I think it's more just personally with my mind, you know, in a sense of just how I feel with everything. <laughs> it's kind of a bullshit answer, but you know, <laughs> just how I feel, man. I'm, I'm being very tentative. I, I guess I'm being yeah. very judgmental. Let's put it that way. You know, yeah, I mean, so my, my, heart, my heart can be only broken so many times. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you're not uh, careful as a Padre fan going into the season, it's going to be a long one because you never yeah, know. Exactly. You never know what's waiting for you at the other corner. Um, I'll, I'll say this. I, I am excited officially. I'm watching all the games. It's been a good start. I. I guess I think you're kind of leaning toward the Braves and Dodgers series. I would assume yeah. where you're looking at for the slow part of it. Um, and I agree, two great teams. And know. I agree with that part of it. And so here's my side of it. Mm-hmm. So we're 15 and six tied for the first in the West, which is great. Um, but the reason that we're in that spot is we played the Reds twice, played the Pirates. So not that great level of competition thus far. However, you got to freaking win those games. And we are winning those games. So in that respect, that's good. Because if we're losing those games that we have to win early, 
I mean, now I'm losing my mind. And then we're not talking slow. We're talking disastrous start. And especially with how opening day in Arizona started, where we dominated the entire game. And then, you know, the last inning, Suarez, who, look, that's talk about a guy with a red flag, Suarez. I can't watch that guy pitch anymore because he tried to do the same thing in Pittsburgh a couple nights ago. That's a guy, that guy's a problem. <laughs> so, you know, we gave up that game. And then I'm, I think I texted you and I'm like, ah, you know, we're just continuing from last year's disaster. Oh, yeah. However, we recovered from that and we won the rest of that series. Uh, and we, we've beaten the teams that we're supposed to beat. So I'm happy about that. But this is all without Tatis, too. We're scoring a lot of runs. Pitching <laughs> looks good, generally. Uh, we did drop the two out of three to the Dodgers. And here's my pitch about that. <laughs> uh, we're just not as good as they are. And I think it's time we just acknowledge that. We're just, we're just not as good. I, I Look, Man. they are the pinnacle of just a solid baseball team. They're not going to beat themselves. They're, their roster is unbelievable. I mean, top to bottom, there's not really a weak link. So, in those games the Padres are playing, you know, it, the game could change at any moment. And Max Muncy, a historic Padre killer, you know, he, he threw in a uh, two-run bomb when they played in San Diego. So we lost two out of three there. And I think that's the big thing for me. Yes, we're beating the teams that we're supposed to beat, which is good. Because, that I mean, if we're going to be a playoff team, you have to beat the teams that are you're supposed to beat. We can't be ducking games versus – you know, like teams like the A's or uh, the lower tier of the league. Those are the games you absolutely have to win. But in order to get to where we want to go, we have to find a way. And I, I, we've, I've been waiting for this, I guess, since 2020 when we actually made the playoffs in the shortened season. When are we going to turn the corner and compete with these teams where when you're watching the game as a fan, you can – feel like we have a realistic chance of winning that series not just one game we did win. we did salvage one game in that series but I mean the Dodgers outscored us I think it was 19 to 6 so that's where I'm going they're just yeah. a much better team than us and that's true but how do we as the underdog or the team that's less talented even though I think we have plenty of talent how do we t- turn that corner and take a stand against the Giants and the Dodgers where we can take that next step in this franchise and look to take that next step in, you know, getting further into the playoffs, i.e. win a World Series. So that's as we get deeper into the season, you know, I'm looking for when we're playing those good teams, are we going to be able to win those series on the road? Are we going to, you know, plant our flag, so to speak, and – just put together a full baseball game versus a team that it, you know you probably you could see in in the playoffs, and it's a playoff caliber team. That's the team I want to see develop over time. But as far as the start of the year, I think right now I'm. It could be certainly much worse, but I'm happy with where we're at, and I love the pitching staff we got as well. I agree. That's something I wrote down. You know, I, I wrote pitching seems good, just as like a quick bullet point. 
And I wrote, I wrote that with, you know, my arguments in pitching. Of course, I'm, that's my favorite spot in all of baseball is pitching and third base. Those are my two favorite positions. And, you know, looking at, I, I'm just kind of harping on uh, Manea because, <clears throat> you know, his, his outing, what was it? Uh, I think he pitched Saturday against Pittsburgh. And just watching him pitch, he, he just needs a little more confidence in his spot, you know. I, I don't know if you feel the same way. If you kind of watch how he throws, I, I, it's, I feel like he's trying to find his groove still, um, you know. And, and that, that he's just sticking out to me really big because, you know, I think a lot of people have a lot of weight leaning on him. Um, in a sense of what he can do for our team. And he can do really well. Just the outings that I've seen and, you know, just watching him, I think he just needs a little more confidence. So him there just kind of, that's what's kind of pushing me towards, you know, pitching is good right now. I think it's going to get better with having Clevenger there, you know. Oh, um, I you'd, think have to, you'd have to think that way. I mean, that's why we got him in the first place. So, look, if we go down the list of that, rotation there's no way it can't be a six-man rotation because of just the sheer talent when everyone's healthy yeah. you got you darvish uh blake snell joe musgrove mackenzie gore who's been just like great what have we been waiting for why hasn't this guy been up till now and i agree so well i mean it's i'm so happy for that guy and he deserves a spot on this team regardless of who comes back healthy and whatever um and then you got Manea, who i love and now Clevenger. That's six like legitimate starters where two years ago when we're in the playoff dance, I mean we're we're pitching bullpen games every every game because we like ran to injuries, which was Clevenger and Lamette. Um but now I feel like we are a fully torqued, if you will, yeah. Stuff. And it's you. it's a sight to behold. But you know, again, we gotta see how Clevenger comes back, which was supposed to be today. But a uh, rain out there, and then hopefully Snell comes back healthy too. But I feel like, especially with an experienced manager like uh, Bob Melvin, I mean, what more could you ask for in terms of roster for that pitching staff? And look, Joe Musgrove is just—he's been just an absolute godsend for this team, putting the staff on his back and going out there virtually every time he's out there, having an all-timer. I mean, he's I leading. That. He's leading the league in wins. He's actually tied for first. And he also has, I think he's in first with five quality starts. So, you know, I, 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 I think Musgrove, having him on the team is kind of, <clears throat> I can't remember who I was saying this, but I think he's just kind of that, like you said, just kind of staff guy. Like I'm going to put the team on my back. I'm also here to, you know, hype everybody up and understand that, you know, I've been watching this team since I was little. I'm here to do my job and make sure that we succeed. And I, I feel like that, you know, we talk about it a lot. I feel like that uh, energy is kind of flowing through with the team. I mean, you know, back to what you said, just piggybacking off of that, we won the games that we should have won, should have won. But again, there is that thought in your mind of, you know, the Braves and the Dodgers are just so good with their – with their lineup, what can we do as a team with where we are right now to truly compete with them? 
you know, and, right. and I, I hate to say this without, and <clears throat> without spending a lot of money, you know, you can, you don't have to, I mean, you got to spend a lot of money. Let's put it that way. But being able to develop a team within the means that you have to compete with them. And, and, you know, I really do think our pitching staff will really help us with that. If we can keep those six guys healthy and they're on, they're playing and they're on the board, that, that I think is huge. But again, you got a six man rotation. That's five days off. You know, that's a full series right there. You get one game to pitch. I mean, we're not blowing guys out. I mean, that, that was our problem. We, we were just, we're so light in the load there. I mean, of course, guys are going to get hurt. They're going to be, you know, I mean, guys talk about pitch count all the time. If you don't have a healthy rotation, you're screwed in that spot. Yes, 100%. And so, like, I mean, that that is definitely the key to this team. I feel like we do have the, the talent to make a serious run in the playoff, but it all comes down to health. Absolutely. But that's out of our control. We, I mean, if <laughs> – if, uh, you know, like our playoff run when our top two pitchers go down, like right before the playoffs, there's nothing we can do about that. No. But the, the guys that we have lined up right now, I feel like if I was, let's say, like the Rockies looking at the Padres, I would want what the Padres have lined up. Yeah. Not to mention just a massive, massive trade uh, before the season started. And I had mentioned I was starting to be out on AJ Preller. I don't know. My mind's going everywhere. This is the life as a Padre fan. You get, you get ran through the mud. You get all these good trades. And then last year, Adam Frazier comes in and just blows chow everywhere. And you're going, wait a sec. It's probably not good. What the hell? So now I'm back in because he got Taylor Rogers from uh, Minnesota for Chris Paddock and uh, Emilio Pagan, who just, look, no disrespect, but Get out of town, man. I had enough of both of those guys. And Taylor Rogers has come in and been the closer that we have absolutely needed. And there's a lot of confidence when he comes out that he's going to get the job done. In kind of a shaky bullpen that we have outside of him, which that might be uh, an issue going forward that we have to fix. But uh, Taylor Rogers and the play of Eric Cosmer and Machado to start the year, has put this team on a, a, a good track. Let's put it that way. Well, I, I think too, and to that point, I think what we've expected out of Eric and Manny is finally being consistent, you know, especially early on in the season. That's what I see is like, wow, Manny's good. I, I've always said that Manny is a great player. And just to see him, you know, I think he leads the league in hits right now. And, and, and I think I think in, in terms of the two in the conversation, I think Machado's always been the more consistent one. And Hosmer's been the one where you're scratching your head going, where was the guy on the Royals who was just raking hits in, in the World Series and putting that team, you know, in that position to win the World Series? And we've been waiting for that. Yes, exactly. We've been waiting. And here he is in April, just mashing the ball. Is it going to be the entire year where he's batting, you know, 400? No. But if we can eke out like a 315, 300, I know that's a lot. Hey, I'm asking a lot. I need a lot, okay? Because yeah. in the years past, we're looking at a Hosmer batting 240, 260. Big moments come up. He's grounding out. 
that's the Hosmer that we've kind of been accustomed to. And credit to Hosmer as well, because, I mean, the the word around San Diego was, let's get Hosmer out of town. Like, yes. Let's, let's just I be real about that. that. Padre fans were ready to ship this guy out, which is kind of a problem in our fan base to begin with. But <laughs> I digress. Yeah. <laughs> and he comes out and has one of the best months of his career. I mean, I think that says a lot about him as a leader of the team and just the mentally, uh, the how mentally strong he is as well. Yeah. To come out and go, look, I know this, this city, this fan base wants me out here, but I'm just going to stay the course, get, you know, look for my pitches. And it worked out this month. And guess what? Now the city of San Diego is back on. And that's how we roll. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, maybe, how do you want to do this? You want to get your bear shit out of the way, or what do you want to do? Oh no, no, we're look. Okay, yeah, let's dive in. That's what I was gonna lead into. Oh, uh, there we go. That's what I want to know. You know, the NFL. Yeah, it's, look, I had to make a video about it. I had, I was excited, and I'm talking. I know to you were. I know. Like I said in the video, this is important. This is important. When you're a, a team or a fan of a team who virtually, you know, we're restarting the whole deal. Oh, yeah. Scratch, start boiling the water. Look, uh, <laughs> the draft is a huge moment, you know, for the next start of your, you know, like the new GM's tenure and the, and the head coach's tenure. It begins at that point. Yeah. So what did I say in the video? Give me an offensive lineman. Give me a receiver. And I'm watching my phone. And the Bears are up. Cornerback. And I'm like. Huh. Well, I'm up. But I was not. <laughs> Look, there are so many holes in the Chicago Bears that you could literally pick any position. And it would probably make sense other than, like, quarterback. So they picked uh, Kyler Gordon from Washington. Yep. And I'm sitting there like, okay, interesting. And look, after some time, I am all in on what Ryan Poles did for the Bears in that draft. And let me tell you why. <laughs> Open it up. Basically, what he said was he understands that there's a lot of need on this team. Which is true. Which is very true. But he didn't want to sacrifice, you know, the draft board that he built, all the time that they put into scouting these guys to put together a draft board, so to speak, and just draft a position where maybe the next best O-lineman was like, you know, let's say number like 60 on his board. And he goes, well, I know the city of Chicago wants uh, me to draft an O-lineman, so like I'll just draft that. So it's a popular pick, but I don't think that guy's going to be that good. So what did he do? He took the best guy on his board, who he didn't even expect to be there at that point. Yeah. And if you'd watched the Bears last year, teams are having a field day throwing the ball on us. So to draft a potential starting cornerback and a potential starting safety in the, like, eight picks later, it's a great move. And another part of that is, as a fan, you have to understand you can't fix this team in one draft in one year, like if you're on the bottom tier of the league, which if we had if we had had a first round pick, it would have been the seventh pick overall. So, bottom tier, okay. If you're in the top ten, there's a lot of holes to fix. 
you know, you're in the likes of not quite as bad, but Jacksonville, Detroit, New York Giants, you know, just bad teams. Yeah. So if you don't, you have to build your team in in a way that I think Ryan Poles was doing, which is the best guy available at a position that you do need. Um, and you're not just drafting guys because just to do it. You know what I mean? Like draft a guy that you think that can make a difference and then you scouted high and that you could see a potential in. Look, next year, the Bears, they're not going to be that good. So you might as well get people that you see as potential starters, get them a year of experience. And, um, you know, I got no qualms with what the Bears did, as well as gathering more picks in the draft later on. We were supposed to have like five picks. We ended up with like 11. So what that tells me is there's a plan in place. The guy was making moves. And the more guys you bring in in that position, I feel like, you'll have more opportunity to see a guy with the potential to shine that instead, if you bring five guys in and two work out that were, you know, the two second round picks, like that's probably what you'd expect. If you bring in 11 guys and six of them find a spot in the team, I mean, then you just upgrade yeah. your roster right there. So there, there's my, uh, my take on the Chicago bears. Well, <laughs> it's funny you say you bring up pick numbers because that was actually something I wrote down that I wanted us to discuss is, is it quantity over quality? And I, you know, like, let's say, let's just say, you know, you have a pick just for this season, you're stuck with five picks every round, right. Or, you know, whatever, right. Let's just say you're stuck with those five, but then like with the bears who had a multitude of picks how, what is your personal opinion on that? Because, I, I mean, I have one and then, you know. Yeah, I think it's exactly what I was talking. Like, the part that I liked about what the Bears put together was that they got more picks. Because, I mean, there's so much talent that is deep in the draft and beyond. I mean, there's how many undrafted guys are we going to hear about this year that you are going to come in? You're like, who the hell is that guy? And he's, yeah. you know, the third leading rusher in the league somehow. It's just that's how it works. Guys fly under the radar. Guys aren't. And the the model of the NFL combine doesn't necessarily show you how well you're going to do in a football game. There's a lot yeah. of attributes you can see. But when you're on a football field and you're just a good player and you, you can make plays, there's no real uh, metric for that. that. That's just a guy that's uh, performing when that situation is in front of him. So as far as gathering picks and instead of just, uh, you know, keeping five and Hey, maybe you draft five guys and you go five for five and all those guys make your team. That's fantastic. I think it's a lot easier to bring in 11 and hope like four work out, yes. especially in the revolving door that the NFL is. Um, and then on a team like the bears where it's a very young team or teams across the league, I mean, that provides at the least more competition in camp too. When you have guys that are literally not the big name guy trying to make the squad uh, and it, it just, it brings the level of competition up because it's do or die for a lot of those guys to make the team. They're not the high, you know, it's not like an Aiden Hutchinson where he knows he's going to make the team. He's already signed the deal. He's expected yeah. to do all these things. You're just another guy that's on a piece of paper worth you know, like, hey, we're going to sign you for 30 days. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, see you later. So that part of it, I love it because 
it's it's right it's uh the level of competition rises within the veterans on your team and just the camp vibe in general. So I'm a big proponent of multiple picks. I agree. I'm in the same boat. I just thought of it while we were, you know, while I was looking at our agenda, if you will, I was like, Oh, I wonder how, you know, Mr. Peanuts view on this is. And, you know, I, I have my qualms with the whole draft process. I have, you know, for me, I personally, the, the combine is a great marketing tool for the NFL, but I think my big issue is, is there's, there is so many college athletes and, and athletes out there that are available to play in the NFL. What the draft does personally, the draft. Yeah. You're the, you're quote unquote, the first pick, but I, I don't really see the draft. I mean, the draft doesn't dictate how well you will do in the NFL. I, I, I think there's a lot of attributes that teams have no idea to quantify. And I mean, how many picks are there in the NFL? Like over 300, right? Or something like, or like two, 263, I think. Yeah. I mean, close enough. That's 263 guys. Okay. I don't think any team out there is looking at a thousand players to understand that stuff. Yes. Draft for draft rooms are huge and you have many people on your staff, but like you said, you could totally be missing a guy that is undrafted that literally could be your starter and make one of the largest impacts on your team. Happens every year. It happens every year. And, you know, I know you wrote in like, and you know, just segueing into grades, you know, like draft grades. My biggest thing is, I know you can quantify how well a player is or how good a player is, excuse me. And that will dictate their draft number. But my argument is their grade should essentially be their first year in the NFL. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, this guy's a, you know, blue chip five star. He can do this. He can do that. I mean, every fucking commentator during the draft was this guy's got this this guy's got that it's like you don't know dick about this guy you don't you don't know for 255 come on you know you watched that much film on this guy come on exactly it i the the thing that the reason why i wrote it in i think it's the stupidest thing in the world that after the draft that you know espn or whatever will come out and be like oh the the Panthers had like a C minus. It's yeah. like, well, how do you know what any of those guys are going to do in their first year? It's like, you only know, you're, you're only probably to your point, you're probably only grading the top two picks anyway. Yes. And then if you watch the draft, I mean, rounds pretty much four through seven, it's like tuned out. Everyone's like, Oh, they already have their guy, which is of course wrong because, and the easiest take ever is Tom Brady was a six round draft pick the best quarterback ever. So obviously that doesn't happen. It's probably happened once in the NFL's history, but that's why the grade doesn't matter at all. It's like who expected Tom Brady to be Tom Brady? Probably nobody, probably nobody expected him to make the roster. And when they drafted him that day, I'm sure they gave him like, you know, a two minute snippet of video and review. And it's like, that guy turned out to be the best quarterback in history of the NFL. Exactly. So 
the whole grading thing after like immediately after the draft is like they really like you said it should at least wait a year to see how that draft class ended up and to that point i mean how many first rounders even pan out in the nfl yeah. i mean you probably have in a good draft like half half of the draft class in the first round is a starter makes an impact because people can get injured they don't have the right fit right right coaching they end up being a bust it's a complete guessing game i agree with you i i i think my biggest you know gripe with all of this is what you've said is i can be a first round draft pick and you could be a bust and also with that, if you're a Heisman Trophy winner and you're a first-round draft pick, what impact can you make on the team immediately coming out of the draft? Yeah, you're good in college, and yeah, you won the Heisman, but you know what? This is a completely different game. And if you can't make an, an impact like that, and, you know, case in point is the guy I hate the most, Baker Mayfield. Like, dude you have you have done shit for the browns personally i'll say it i don't think yeah he will say it <laughs> yeah i mean he's gone through yeah multiple coaches it's like you know what dude if you are on a class if you want to be the class of a, of a great quarterback i'm immediately judging you against tom brady which is hard but what what have you done at that class, at that draft grade, to make your team better. Yeah, and, and again, I'm harping on Baker, but it, it's across the board. And I I agree with you. I and like I said, I think teams should be graded. Draft class, you can send out a grade, whatever you want, an hour after the draft. But following the season, statistics are so high in the NFL that'll tell you like where you think that team will go based off of that draft class of success with that team, you know? Yeah. And I think another part, another uh, outlier, I guess you could say is like a guy like Baker Mayfield who, and not just him, like there's been a million bucks, yeah, yeah, I'm bucks just so Baker. but he's the first pick of the entire draft. So what comes with that? All the pressure, all yes. the expectations, all the you're supposed to be the guy. Whereas, like I said, in the fourth to seventh round, I mean, they're the people announcing the picks are tuned out. There's no real pressure on those guys other than on themselves to make the team and make a life in the NFL. But really, it's like it's a it's a surprise when you make the team or you have an impact on the team. So you're going in there going, hey, I should have been a first round pick. I should have been whatever. And I'm going to show you rather than yeah. a guy who's in the first. 10 picks and they're going well you have to be because we selected you that high and that brings a whole different dynamic to you know uh you know preparing to be in the nfl and then if you get to the first practice or whatever you're like well shit everybody's on the same level as me i think it changes the whole dynamic and there's a whole different uh level of hunger between a guy who's drafted late trying to make the team and then a guy who's here's the keys to the franchise you're the guy make it happen and it happens with Detroit all the time. So we'll see what happens with Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, the guy, I, he was a phenomenal uh, outside line or D end outside linebacker for Michigan. But look, now the pressure is on you. 
I've yeah. already seen uh, some Detroit podcasts where the guys, <laughs> the guys already, you know, chirping Hutchinson that he has to be like an all pro guy. Guy's been a lion for like three hours. He's already getting chirped. I mean, that that shows you the level of uh, despair or just how desperate those friend those fan bases are for you to be the answer to their you know decade century long issues. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot that goes into just the the different variables that happen in the NFL draft. But uh, as far as grades go. <clears throat> it doesn't really mean anything. Paul, I got a question for you. Oh, fuck. Here we go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you nervous? <laughs> no, I will not kiss you. Okay, there. Now, look, <laughs> I passed on that a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> all right, shoot the question. Uh, what's it going to take for you to uh, be all in on an NFL team this year? Oh, I want to no. know preseason. Are you going to just be all in on one team and just go for it or what? Like, what do we got to do to – Well, I'm a car salesman. How do I get you in this car today? How can I book you? <laughs> it's funny you say that because – I feel an announcement coming. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a bastardized Bill fan, but I am drawing myself closer and closer to the Bills. I followed their – picks actually pretty closely just be a bills fan i, I know i know it I, you know what I, I this is my here this is my biggest yeah, i want to hear the thing why okay. can't you dive in <laughs> i can't dive in because i hmm. okay you're a bears fan right till i die yes exactly. you you will until you die you will be a bears fan if they commit some moral sin against you even then, you will still be a Bears fan. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, uh, I think my issue is is I don't follow them as closely as I want to. As a, a like, if I were to call myself a Bills fan, I do not follow the team as closely as I think I should to be a true Bills fan. Does that well, make I think sense? I think that's where you got to. I know I got to make the commitment. I think that's it. You got to sign the dotted line. <laughs> I know. You got to say, "Hey, I, Mister or the Polar Bear, am officially a Buffalo Bills fan." And then once the papers time, signed, time. Hey, man, the I got my heart line? broken. I, I, I'm very. I'm playing the field. I got my heart broken. God damn it! <laughs> that's hey, look. I get my heart broken every week with the Bears. It doesn't even we don't even make the playoffs. Uh, that's that's the whole part. So if you already got your heart broken, then you're in. Oh, I know. You I might know. be in, you don't even know it. I know it's well I don't know. It's like you with the Cubs and the Padres. You follow them very closely. For me, it's the Padres and the Orioles. And the Orioles are fucking ass backwards. I mean, <laughs> let's not even go there down. There you go. So the Bills are already ahead of them in terms of uh, ability. I know, I know. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm non-committal. There, that's I exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to get you on this episode, saying you're a goddamn Bills fan. Give me some time. Give me some time. I've given you two years, Polar Bear. <laughs> Enough's enough. Uh, I don't know. I just like the sport. I like football too much. It's all right. I can't. Yeah, but I mean, no, no. I, I need a, I need commitment. 
right. I'm not even sure why the non-committal. Why non-committal? Makes no sense. I don't. You know what? I really don't know. I think it's because I need to. You know. I don't know. What are you gonna follow their Instagram? What's going on here? No, no, I already follow their Instagram. Okay. (laughs) I mean, you got a good. That's true. I mean, they are a good team to follow, and I do follow them pretty, pretty tightly. You, know. you got a good eight years left to Josh Allen, probably. I mean, that get that gives you some time. Yeah, I mean, we need. To How about this? Team. We'll make a deal. I'll give you if you commit fully to the Bills, a three-year contract, two years, two-year contract with the peanut option for year two. <laughs> then after that, if you're if you're not feeling so good about it, then we can readjust. All right. Okay. Sign up. I've signed the dotted line. <laughs> the deal was made. I will. I, you know, I, 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 you know, I think it was <clears throat> I think me being a bastardized Bill fan was probably just a bit, but I probably am a Bills fan. So right. I just, look, you just gotta you just gotta nail it in. You gotta uh, nail it in. Uh, and it, hey, look, you had your team, the Chargers, they moved out of town. So I get it. You know, there's a little like I had my team and now it's gone thing, but we got to move on. We It's like the Chargers are your ex. You got to move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. I am happy with their draft, though. They, I thought they did really, really well. Yeah, I mean, when they you're got a team running back, uh, they helped out their defense, which was really nice. I mean, I, I think uh, – they're just such a strong contender, and they've been kicked in the teeth so many times this past two seasons. It's just beautiful. Uh, Episode 14, back in the building, the peanut, the polar bear, all the sports that encompasses it. <laughs> uh, look, Padres coming out the gate. Polar bear, he's a little tentative, and I'm not going to you know, fault him for it. We went through a lot of shit last year. Oh, my God. And ever since we were born. so. Look, that's that's what we want to present to the people, I think. The the journey, the journey of a Padre fan from April to September usually. We don't usually get into October. I realize there's oh, some regular season there. games, but October is affiliated with playoff baseball. So I'm not going to say to October. But it's a lot, man. It's a lot. So, I yeah, know. we had a nice month. But Polar Bear is a little hesitant, and I'm going to allow that. I'm a little hesitant as well. However, we're stacking up W's, and you like to see that. Yes, yeah. they're, they're horrible. I don't, I don't give a shit. Then, then beat the shit out of them, which we did, 6-0. So we play the Guardians in a doubleheader tomorrow. And if we win those, you know, doubleheaders are tough. But if you can sweep a doubleheader, then it's been just a phenomenal road trip. Uh, Clevenger's back, and I don't know his pitch in the second game. It really shouldn't matter. We're the better team again. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I'm I'm tentative. I'm excited to again. I'm I'm optimistic about the season, but I'm very cautious about what's going on. Oh, I've had yeah. my heart broken too many times by the Padres, and you know I'm a sensitive soul as a Padre fan, I guess. And, you know, you know, what's uh, funny is like leading up 
when we were talking about the Padres preseason, I had it in me of just like the bitter taste from last year. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I just can't get excited about it. And then like two weeks into the season, I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I'm back. That's right. <laughs> it's tough. It's, it's tough. tough. Um, NFL draft. I Bears review. I gave it a solid B. That's my grade, not to the ESPN scale. Uh, like what we did, a lot of picks coming our way. Basically, the Bears this season is going to be like a tr- uh, a big tryout, a 17-week yeah. tryout. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't – look, let me get this out right now. I don't expect much from that team this year. <laughs> if we're like 500 – yeah, that's pretty good. And just, look, really, I just want to see Justin Fields stay healthy and show he, that he's improving. That's all. Because I like, I know we're not going to do much. So, but I think that's a pretty realistic, you know, yeah. expectation of your team. And if we have a great year, then we have a great year. But I am coming in very mild mannered. I got <laughs> look. I'm I'm excited about two second round picks. That's where I'm out. <laughs> and then huge day in history of humanity. We had Polar Bear sign the dotted line for a two year contract to be a Buffalo Bills fan. <laughs> Peanut has the option to uh, you know, make him do year two. So <laughs> after that, we will reassess. But uh, how do you feel about the contract you just signed? You excited? I feel good. We're, I feel we're good. excited to have you. Hey, I'm, 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 you know, if we're talking about draft classes, the biggest thing that I loved about their draft was they signed a running back from Georgia, which is fucking tits. And then they also signed uh, Ariaza from San Diego State. So San Diego kid going over to the Bills, which is awesome. Really happy about that. And I actually think that Ariaza kid is from San Diego as well. So, yeah. you know, it's good. Yeah. I do just look, I'm going to be the bills. I'm going to be, I'm working towards that commitment. All right. I've signed the dotted line. Um, But just to close up the draft, I want to have a big shout out. One, I wore the cathedral shirt for this because we did have uh, Jordan, Jen Markeith sign with the chiefs. And I am a bigger chiefs fan because of that. So I'm, I hope I, I know myself and the peanut wish him a big success in the NFL. He's a great football player, a great kid. I had the opportunity to coach him. So yeah, I just wanted to give him a shout out. So absolutely. Yeah. You love to see the Dons moving up to the next level. That's right. Alec Jordan, who I've heard nothing but good things about when you were talking about the bills draft class, I thought you were going to lead into you being a part of that draft class. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am, but I'm excited. And that would have been pretty good, but okay, you do what you can. But, uh, Poirier, what do you got for the the people of Sports Banter? Well, Sports Banter fans, it's been a while. You know, we had a little, like you said early on, we had a little hiatus. But let's not forget, we do need our likes on our YouTube page, which is Sports Banter, which we'll get on, uh, we'll get this video on today. We also have our Instagram, underscore Sports Banter, where we post all of our sports-affiliated items, as well as... Uh, we have our link tree, which gets you to our 
podcast streaming areas, our YouTube, as well as our blogs. And, uh, you know, just jump in. We're trying to get all of our content out. Continue to follow us. I know the peanut and myself love this. So just keep it up. Absolutely. Very well said. And for episode 14 of season two, Sports Banter. Ouch. Ha, 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 ha.